This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Kia ora, I'm Ian Turner and welcome to Garden of Sound, sponsored by The Nephilist. It's all of the socialising and none of the headaches. Going to get straight into it, today's guest is Josh Holmes, aka Junus Orca, and the XY component of Your Indigo. He started his musical life emulating his pop-punk idols, but a move to New Zealand sparked an electronic awakening and he hasn't looked back. He's an accomplished performer and producer, and Josh is making some truly diverse and original material. But do you keep making the music that you love, or do you start down that slippery slope of mass appeal? This is the Garden of Sound interview with Josh Holmes on Plains FM 96.9. Josh, I want you to tell me about the first time music entered your life or you realised there was music or you heard music as a young person? I think it was probably to do with my parents, although neither of my parents are really that musical, which is weird. I don't really know why I started being musical. The first sort of music I remember being played was on like Sundays and we'd sit down and have this like afternoon lunch thing, which we only ever did when I was like really young. But they'd always be playing like... um, the same records the music taste didn't seem like that diverse at the time they'd play like joshua tree which is i think is why my name's joshua i think my parents called me josh because of the joshua tree huge u2 fans yeah i i mean yeah i mean i I you two are great people hate them but you know what can you do yeah so it's probably around that time like in the i mean i was born in 92 so probably around 96 i probably remember them playing that and that was like as well, they'd play like a Sting greatest, Sting and the Police greatest hits record. Crowded House, weirdly, because I had no connection to New Zealand at the time, but that album, whatever, had the... What's the song about the weather? What's that one? Weather With You. Yeah, that one. Uh, Woodface. Yeah. And maybe it was just a greatest hits again. So, uh, apart from Sting and, and you 2 and the music that you were exposed to, you said your parents weren't terribly musical themselves uh when was your first bit of musical instruction perhaps sort of vocalizing or maybe an instrument i guess when i was around the age of like nine or ten i started to get into you know stuff that wasn't just sort of played to me on the radio because there was this um kid that started school who was who classed himself as a grunger and he'd always he was into these um a grunger yeah at the age of nine or ten and i thought that was really cool i was like oh yeah cool and he was like listen to Bands like, you know, Blink-182 or whatever, other Sum 41 or whatever bands are around at that point. And then that sort of made me want to play guitar. And I think in the UK, you don't have that whole middle school thing. So I think at the age of yeah, 11, you then start high school. Um, and that's when I they had access to guitars um, that we didn't have at, like when I was a kid at primary school or whatever. So they just had like, you know, music room just with the guitars that you could go in and play. So I'd just go in there. And I thought that, I, one of the first songs I ever liked was um, Wonderwall by Oasis, like everyone probably did at the time. So you were playing acoustic guitars at this point? Yeah, I mean, I didn't actually know how to play it. i just go in there and start strumming it and thinking that everything sounded like Wonderwall because, I mean, you don't have it. It takes such a long time to gain, get a sense of pitch, you know, that you just think you associate the strumming. It's like, oh, yeah, this is, this sounds, and eventually yeah, I did learn it. But that was probably around the first time I started. Yeah. So obviously there's a tremendous desire to to want to do it. Um, was there any sort of musical instruction in terms of, um, you know, being able to read? I never really had any, like, lessons or anything. But for some reason, even though I picked up a guitar first, 
I really actually wanted to play bass and I don't know why that was. So I, I then I gravitated towards bass like pretty much straight away. And I was like, I'm a bass player. I didn't want to be a guitar player. I don't know if it's because I thought that I'd be able to master it quicker. But I yeah, had my first guitar that I owned was a bass. So I played bass first. But I could still play guitar a little bit, you know? Potentially some sting kind of influence in there, maybe? I probably wasn't even aware at the time that sting played bass. <laughs> even though it's just because it was just music that my parents played to me at that point, you know? Mm. Obviously, in hindsight now, I obviously realized sting's thing was bass. But yeah, I was just... Um, being that guy that played bass with a pick okay. and annoying people who played with their fingers, yeah. Bassists seem to be few and far between um, in some educational settings at least mm. because there are a lot of aspiring guitarists out there. Yeah. Did you find any other like-minded individuals while you were at school to sort of pick up sticks with? I used to be in a, years ago, I used to be in a pop-punk band and it was this guy I met when I first started secondary school and he was called Ben. We don't talk anymore but that's okay. Um, yeah, we, we played music for up until I was like 20, and we did all right in this band, one band we were in called Lost in Colour. But yeah, we he was in a situation where he wanted to learn how to play guitar, and he was more, I think for him it was more about like the technical ability thing, but I think I was always much more of a feeler, which is probably why, yeah, I never really got heavily into like the technical side of stuff. I just wanted to just play like stuff that sounded nice, you know? So what was the group's name again? Lost in Colour? Yeah, that's what it, that's what it got called. Um, we had, I mean, when we were at school, we went through like heaps and, you know, like you do, you start off playing covers and then we went through, um, yeah, heaps of different, heaps of different names. I can't even remember. I think we were called, um, when we were like 13, called Side Effects or something, but with an FX, you know, and we didn't have any original songs. We just played covers that, Ben wanted to play so he could show off on guitar or whatever. Were there any um, school music competitions or inter school sort of music comps? Nothing like that there. No, we, yeah. there was always a there's always a thing they did that was just like they called it the performing arts evening, which was like obviously like the first gig that you do. And um, so we'd always like get up and do something at that. What was your memory of that? Well, I remember the first time, the first very first one I did. Like I really hadn't been playing. We formed just a random band at school. I would have been like twelve. I thought it sounded good at the time. I think we we didn't know how to play it. Well, we, it was smoke on the water, but we, we didn't actually know how to play it. We knew the dun dun dun, so, but we didn't know the song the whole way through, so we just kind of improvised a version so of that. Did I, you, it must have sounded awful. Did you make it to the chorus? To the smoke but, down the no, water? But no, but no one was... It was all instrumental. That's oh, really? A, that's that's what we, you know... So no vocals? Yeah, it was. It would, it would have been so bad. <laughs> Has there ever been any desire from you to, to sing, or do you sing? I so in the project I do now, Junior Soccer, I don't. There's no vocals, and obviously with your Indigo, you've seen I don't sing because there's two great singers. Why would I need to bother singing? Um, but I did. I used to do another project called Other Sun, um, which I started when I first came to New Zealand, and I sung on that project. It was basically where all the en energy from when I sort of stopped doing Other Sun, all that energy went to your Indigo. So if you put those side by side, it's a very like it's very similar sort of music. And um, but yeah, it's just. Basically, other sum was just your indigo, but with me singing. Okay. What brought you to New Zealand? My partner, who's Kiwi. Uh -huh. Yeah, so we met, I was living in London, and so was she, and we worked at the same place, and um, then we sort of ended up in a situation where we started hanging out, and it was actually really soon after we started hanging out that we came here, because she was ready to leave London, even though she had time left on the visa or whatever. Mm. But yeah, then we just came back here, and it was kind of like, I was... I mean, I'm in my late 20s now. I was 21 at the time. I thought I was an adult then, but in hindsight, I was just a kid. 
So yeah, it was an interesting thing to do. And yeah, I haven't, I've only been back for like seven months since, you know. What were your impressions of the New Zealand music scene sort of prior? Did you know anything about New Zealand music prior I, to heading over? I mean, I think the first, when I first came over, when we first came over here, I think it was around the time that like Lord was just sort of blowing up. Like, so I was aware of her and obviously aware of Crowded House, but I didn't really know much about New Zealand as a whole. I think at the time that we decided to come here, I was always, I wanted to go and live somewhere else, but I didn't know where that was, and I just took the opportunity to come here. So I was really came in sort of blind, and um, I had a, I was playing in a band in London at the time, and my friend from that band actually came here at the same time because I I think when I was playing music with him, I didn't want to like give that up, and it it was such a weird thing. I moved here with my partner, but my friend came too, um. So yeah, we we came over here and sort of tried to start doing something, but it didn't pan out. You talked about a sort of a variety of acts, um, not necessarily those that you particularly enjoy. What kind of music do you like? I think out of necessity, when I got here, I wanted to play music. So I didn't really have anyone apart from my friend here. So I ended up trying to start making electronic music, and I'd never done that before. And I was always really into electronic music. But since that point, I've definitely gone into this sort of hole where basically the majority of music I listen to now is solely electronic music and it sort of started from this popular electronic music at the time and then now I've gone down this pigeonhole of finding weird stuff and yeah you know so weird electronic music I listen to now a lot of stuff from Scandinavia and Germany obviously Um, but yeah it's kind of funny with doing the Orindigo stuff because I guess in a way, a lot of the music I listen to isn't like that, isn't like that sort of music. And that's much more, your Indigo's music is much more informed by stuff that I was into. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like, I don't know, Coldplay or something like that when I was, when I was younger. So I think it's much more informed by that. I normally ask about sort of influences, um, but I think we just need to hear some, some music. Have you got a, you got a track for us that sort of sits possibly in that electronica? Yeah, well, um, the I guess what birthed the whole electronica thing was when I started listening to Sigaros. Um that would have been about ten years ago or something like that. And yeah, that sort of I think that they had this sort of thing where they did like they were a rock band but they also had these like weird samples going on in their music. Um and they the singer of Sigaros, Yonsi, did a project with his partner Alex, Rice Boy Sleeps the project was called. Um and yeah. It's a beautiful ambient album. It's all been, it's got organic instrumentation, but it's been like produced electronically. So it's all like on the computer. It's been like time stretched and stuff. Um, But yeah, the song on that record I'm going to play is called Boy 1904.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Josh Holmes on Plains FM 96.9. Josh, I want to talk about gigs and things, and you've, you've come from the United of Kingdoms, mm. well, for a while. I want you to tell me about uh, the first big gig that you got along to, something that had a sort of a lasting impression on you. Mm. I was really in, I mean, I still am somewhat, you know, you, when, you know, when you're when you're older, you still like your old influences or whatever. But um, I was really into Blink-182 and like the sort of early 2000s. And then when they broke up... See, I go skater punk. That's where I'd sort of put them. The producer that worked on some of their records was an amazing producer, producer before he died. They had a self-titled record, Blink-182 did. And it was Who was that? Jerry Finn. Okay. Yeah, he works on some Morrissey stuff, I think, as well. But the actual self-titled record of like, Blink-182's one is really good. It's got like Robert Smith on it. He sings on a song. And it's just it's just an amazingly produced record, and wow. it's kind of a for that type of music, it was definitely a departure for them. But anyway, they broke up, and they started the members started different bands, and one of the bands was called Plus Forty Four, and they were playing a show at Brixton Academy. That was the that was the venue. Um, I think you know they might have moved on since, but there's still loads of shows that happened there, and I was yeah just so excited to go. And I think that it's the first international band that I'd seen as well, and it was just like I was just so excited. And you know, how old you, were you? I think I would have been about like. 13 or 14 okay this would have been so, in the 2000 maybe 2004 5 or 6 i can't remember how often did you head into london well i had to get there was a lot of gigs i wanted to go to prior to that but i think the age i was my mum was like you're not going into central mm. london i mean i was only brought up you know made sense only like 50 minutes but i think like that at that point that was a catalyst for allowing me to go to yeah, more gigs and stuff so when i was that age i would go up once every two months or something whenever a gig was happening pending if an adult would come with us and, and look after us but um yeah obviously when you got older i was going in much more so for plus 44 mm. who was your chaperone for that gig uh it was my friend phil's dad if i remember rightly yeah he was it was me my friend phil um and his and his dad i don't know if he was like yeah i think i think like he must have i don't know if he li- even liked it so it's an amazing thing that he actually came it must be so boring for someone who doesn't like who's not interested in the music that's happening to sort of sit there and sit through it so Thanks, Phil's dad. Thanks, Mike. That's his That's name. Good. So, uh, what was your enduring memory of the um, of the gig? Actually, I remember there was a support band that opened that sounded nothing like the main band, and they cropped up again in my life like later on randomly. Who was of, that? The Maple State. They were kind of like an indie sort of math rock, yep. rock band, yep. and they were very very different from you know what past forty four were kind of this like post punky sort of thing. They were they were a great band. I I never really seen music like that. I think at the time because I think when you're like early teens your sort of music view is very sort of polarized you don't see much outside of the one band that you like you know everyone at that age they had like their band so my friends would have my band was like Blink 182 that's what I liked is there um, anyone that you've seen multiple times uh, I've seen Sigaross a lot uh, I've seen them about I think four or five times yeah I've seen them in, only in the UK though um, yeah they think that they're my real I guess love affair yeah. Is there anything you've taken from their shows um, and sort of put into your own work? On a production level, yes. I, there's this song that Sigaross always play last live, which is called, it's called Untitled 8. And um, it's about 10 minutes long. And I mean, their music's pretty diverse. They have quite poppy stuff. And then they have, you know, these really beautiful, just instrumental piano songs or whatever. But this one starts off just this, um, I don't know, it's like, it, he, I don't know if you know much Sigaross, but he plays the guitar with a um, bow to so the guitar specifically set up to play with this bow and he plays it with that in most songs but this last one 
it starts off so beautifully soft and just sort of flows gently and by the end of it it's just this absolute chaos and just it's just like a wall of noise and they have really really intense visuals as well like they have they put down like a um i don't know what it's called but it's like it's almost like a projector sheet that they drop down just for this song in front of them and they project on like a couple of times they project on two different layers i mean it'd be like a, someone who had epilepsy it'd be like their absolute nightmare yeah. I'm sure it has been. I'm sure someone's had that issue there. Mm. But um, yeah, it's just absolute madness and it's just just noise and they become, I don't know, something else happens to them when they usually, they don't say a lot during their shows um, and yeah, they stay they stay pretty still. But for that last song, some, so something changes and they, they really, you can see that they're, they're in that song. It's a really strange thing to see. So I think that that's after seeing, you know, that sort of wall of noise, I've always wanted to create something that is, this kind of like wall of noise and people are like, whoa, this is like you know, epic or, you know, or whatever. But um, I don't know if I've achieved that yet, but I think that that sort of madness has sort of gone into the Junus Hawker music now. Or that's was the catalyst for the crazy stuff that I wanted to make doing that. Have you ever lost yourself in the moment and sort of forgot where you are and what you're doing? And Actually, well, when I was in that band that I said I was in like 10 years ago, Lost in Colour, we... Um, we played some reasonably sized gigs and um, we had this like one song, which is I tried to, I think after listening to that Sigur thing, I wanted to kind of do our version of that uh, at the end of a song that we already had. Um, and yeah I, yeah, I used to go, I used to be a lot more energetic on stage when I was a kid because I had so much more energy. And um, so I'd often, when we played this song, I think it was called, yeah, Searching for the Sun in the Dark was the name of the song. Um <laughs> It's a weird. It's a, I was like eighteen. It sounded like I was like this is this is an epic name for a song. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I remember getting pretty crazy when we used to play that. It just had this like kind of kind of noisy outro. Yeah. And that's the only time. But now it's kind of weird. Now I'm very like um cautious about what's happening. I'm not. I think at the, when, at that time I was much more kind of careless. Mm-hmm. And now I don't really look up so much just when I play because I don't. I don't know. I just get a bit like I don't want. I don't want to see if people are having a good time or a bad time. I just kind of want to just get through it, which is strange. That I've gone that. I feel like I've gone that other way, you know. Well, from when I saw your Indigo, there is a lot going on. Yeah. Uh, there's the guitar, and then there's obviously uh, all of the all of the backing. Have you had technology fail on you while you've been performing? A couple of times, there's been some issues with computers. I played this show in Dunedin when I was doing that project, Other Sun, and they had like a kind of a lo-fi kind of lighting rig there and they what does lo-fi mean we're talking budget yeah yeah i mean it was it was it was it was it was charming yes you know i didn't you I should mean, be a real estate agent i mean it, it was <laughs> i mean everywhere i play is lo-fi basically so if they have lights that's a good thing you know okay so yeah they had these lo-fi lights but um they i had see like that um extension socket under there mm-hmm. pretend this is my like dj you know a gear stand or whatever i had like a plug stuck under there to plug all my stuff in and they plug these lights into there and it just caused all this weird interference because i use monitors in my yeah. ears so every time the lights blinked i was getting it's this like, like <laughs> no one else could hear it but i could just hear this <laughs> in my ear so that was kind of throwing me off looking back at um at young josh uh at least uh things have seemed to flow pretty naturally and organically your your journey for lack of a, a better word um is there anything that you wish you would have done or any advice you have for teenage Josh heading out into the musical world? You can't really change how you are when you're a kid anyway because, as I said earlier, your views are just, like, so polarised. And when I was, like, yeah, 17 and 18, 
was coming out of school or whatever, it was just obvious to me that all I was going to do was do music. I was going to be in a band. That was it. Or do whatever. I wasn't going to have a normal job. I wasn't going to do this. It was just only going to be about that. What did your parents think about that? Well, I think that they thought because I was so into it that I could do it. I mean, I was like, oh, I always have a backup. But I, I guess that one thing... <laughs> I do wish is I had like, not like a backup or get, you know, learn how to be an accountant and do that on the side, but just have maybe have studied or been into something that was another area of music, not necessarily playing, but, you know, I don't know, um, you know, I was interested in, you know, art, like maybe, or studying how to be like an audio engineer, or did it, you know, all this kind of stuff, which could have lent to other avenues and you can't really do anything in, in those fields or well professionally kind of without, you know, some sort of qualification. So I kind of wish that, you know, I could still play music, but also have this job that's kind of closely aligned with what I spend most of my time doing when I'm not at work. Can I presume if music was going to pay all of the bills, that's what you just do full time? The stupid thing is, I mean, I come, I, sometimes I get frustrated. I'm just like, I'm, I'm sure everyone, probably everyone you've interviewed and every musician in the world and you as well, probably get frustrated with the fact that sometimes you just get, you know, you come home and you're like, why, why, why am I making music? What's the point? No one's that, that no one listens to it that much. You know, I'm not like making any money, um, but yeah. Why do you do it? Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I literally can't stop doing it. This is the thing. It's just like it. it, it that's what I was going to say. This can't. I just always have to do it. It's kind. Of, this sounds a bit cheesy or whatever, but it's it's just kind of like breathing. I don't know. I just I try and not do it. I'm like it. It frustrates me because I have to put so much time into it. But it's just something that I I have to do. Okay, it's time for some music, funnily enough. Um, I want to talk about favourite tracks, uh, and that is a very, very difficult question. Um, but have you got anything that we should play right now? This does change all the time, uh, thinking about this today. Um, something that changed my mind, like, right now. Well, like, I could, there's a there's a couple of songs that I've, like, that I, I can always listen to and always love, but maybe don't necessarily largely inform the music I make, make now, all the music that I listen to, but... Um, I guess, you know, a lot of the music that I make now is electronic and a sort of pioneer of that was Aphex Twin. Well, I mean, the the type of electronic music that I'm into, I guess. Um, and yeah, he has, he released two ambient albums. The first ambient album, which was actually his first release, Ambient Works 85 to 90, 92, the year I was born. Um, the first song on that, which is called Excel, and it's just such a beautiful song. And every time I listen to it, I'm just like, I can't believe that someone was making this. At that in that time, you know, but it's a great song.
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Josh Holmes on Plains FM 96.9. I want to talk about making music, and you've said that you've never been sort of apart from it for long, which is a is a beautiful thing. Is there a sort of a standard process for getting something from your head out into a recorded medium in terms of construction or planning? I guess with the projects that I'm involved with now, they actually kind of work really different ways. So with the, um, the Your Indigo stuff, because there's, two other singers who, who are great and everyone's doing their own thing all the time so we're all I guess all very busy like if I'm working or doing my own music Emidia might be on, on tour or same with Bryony and they both got kids as well so everything we do with that band has to happen very quickly so with them it's just usually about me coming up with something here usually just like a, a loop I've had that I've made ages ago or like going through old stuff a little ideas and then just making a song out of that what do they contribute apart from singing the damn things? Well, the so I mean, yeah, they they're amazing melodies. I mean, uh, a few times, a couple of the songs like on the EP and stuff, Brownie's come to me just with a, an acoustic song. With the way I make electronic music, it's not like I'm bringing in like a keyboard and like playing along. Do you know what I mean? So it, it's kind of a weird thing where it's just it doesn't happen like. There Having said then, that, you are overlaying guitars over the top of what you've. The way I think when if like Brownie comes to me or a media comes to me with like a song idea, um, then. I won't think about like what I'm going to play on guitar straight away. It'll be more about like uh, drums, like electronic drums or yeah. And then I'll take, I'll get Bryony to like record the song and I'll take it away and then figure out what type of song this is going to be. Something like that. Or I just send them a song, which works out really well because I think they're so involved with their own music and everything. So it's nice for them to have like someone send them something like an electronic song and they're like, Oh, this, and then they're inspired because they don't often write over music like that, you know? So it's, it works well both ways. How did you guys meet? I first met Bryony. She put on a show above um, C1 in town. I think that she might have been working even at C1 at the time. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, she put on a show up there and I, I went along to the show. And then I somehow realized that she put on the show. And I think I was a bit drunk. I was like, thanks for the show. Um, so yeah, that's how I met her. And then... I went, we sort of stayed, we sort of stayed in touch somehow. And I, 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 I was doing a live session at um, Orange Studios uh-huh. for an old producer I was in. And then she was randomly there, like doing the sound for it or something. So we got talking there. And then I went to one of her gigs. And then she said that her guitarist for her music was like leaving, which was, he was going to London at the time, which was Adam Hadaway. He was off to London at the time. And I was like, oh, I play guitar after the gig. Like, because I wanted to get back into playing guitar at the time. So I've been doing electronic music for, the fuse before that and she's like i didn't even know you play guitar like we've been in touch for the last six months and she had no idea um so then i started playing music for her she had a tour book with the media i played it on that and met a media and then they were aware i wrote electronic music and they wanted to be a part of that and then yeah the rest is history it is media said and i want to play a drum or something yeah that is that's exactly it so i think that that it works well both ways because they just want something a bit more, I guess, chilled out where it's just like they can be, yeah, they can just come in and sing over this part or write these amazing melodies and not have to worry about, you know. What have you learned from working with those two? Well, I think that because we've all been in a situation where we've been writing our own music separately, and I don't I don't know if a media's necessarily played in like bands as like a main thing before, Um so I think that we all, all have learned to just try and be accepting of what each other want. Yeah, I, I find it really hard to sort of, if someone doesn't like something that I've I've done, or one of those people doesn't like something that I've done, then I just find it really hard to, if I spent the time creating it, to, 
just let that bit go or move this up or down, you know? But um, yeah, I think just be accepting and um, respect each other's ideas. To contrast, Junus Orca. Well, so I, I think that the reason I started that project as a whole was because I, was, I got disengaged with the old project I was doing because very early on in the old project I had to change a name because some, it was called Other Sun, uh, it was called Four Hands initially, and then someone else had that name, but I loved that name. And they're an ambient band who were very good. So I changed their name to Other Sun and I didn't really like it. And then um, around the time that I was thinking about doing this other project, Junasorka, the Venus and Jupiter were like aligning. In the, do you remember that thing? They like there was like a planetary alignment, and you could see it in the sky. And at the time, that kind of freaked me out. I don't know why. It was just like that's crazy. There's just two planets up there, and then that's where I don't know. It just it just weird. <laughs> you're laughing at that. It's kind of funny. No, no, I can appreciate it absolutely. And I was but, just like, yeah. well, I was just like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I thought the world was going to end because everyone's saying, oh, when those planets align, you know, the world's going to spin and the polar ice caps are going to reverse or something. Yes, I so, do remember that. Yeah, so it kind of yeah. it kind of freaked me out, and um, so I. I I just combined those two words. I don't even know. I don't remember doing like I don't remember doing this or being like my name's Junus Orca. It just was, but it was because of that. And then I just liked. I just really like orcas. Okay. So Junus Orca. Junus Orca. Yeah, okay. and it sounds like a name. Um, and sometimes when I email people, I don't. I just, I just sign off Junus Orca because that's sort of my email signature. And they're like they start calling me Junus, but it's kind of cool. I like it. How does the music? differ i mean it's both electronic music yeah is it is it more chaotic it's a yeah it's a lot more chaotic i mean i originally just started off making kind of like pretty beats and ambient music but as i you know learned more about electronic music i started getting into weird stuff and heavy stuff and um yeah it's it's infinitely more chaotic than your indigo it actually doesn't really sound like it at all like the newer stuff sounds completely different to your indigo but um usually at the moment how i'm how i'm starting is i'm just trying to I was just trying to get like one sound and then build a song around it, you know, just like something that really sparks my interest. Or I think that if people heard it, it would kind of like shock them, you know, or would like sort of be like, oh, that's a bit uncomfortable. And it's not necessarily that I want to make people uncomfortable. I just want to have that kind of, you know, power. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like, so I guess it's like powerful music. But yeah, I'll find like a sound and often I'll just crank up the distortion until it sounds heinous so you do want to shock but are you making the music for you or for them this is the thing i've been dealing with for years or the last few years anyway it's just like and what's the point of making music and it should be for you know for yourself and i really try and make it for myself but you can't help but wonder like what other people are going to think of it and not that like a lot of people listen to my music but i'm trying to learn now to just not think outside of that which I, which I guess I do to an extent because I'm making music that, that I know isn't commercially viable, but I know it's some of the best stuff I make because I don't think it sounds like other stuff. You know, I think it sounds like me. Is Junus Orca uh, doing anything live? I've just DJed a couple of times. Like last year, I DJ a, a couple of places sometimes. I've done a few shows over the last few years. Um, I will be doing a lot more shows this year. Um, we've got, I've got one coming up that's not been announced yet, but it will be announced with some other producers in um, Christchurch as well. Do we know a venue yet? Um, not yet. Okay. But there will be one. But yeah, I think that when I... I've been sort of... I've writ, I wrote some music uh, about two years ago and I've been holding off because I want to get like, a, so I guess, a label's interest or something like that. So I've been sending that out and I think pending the release of that, it's going to sort of 
I've said the, ca- the word catalyst so many times. Be the catalyst for, I think, everything I, I do this year. I think it's time we uh, heard some Judas Orca. Has he got a track for us? Yeah, I've got a track for you. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, there's a song I put out let's start, just up on SoundCloud last year. Um, I didn't actually put any of that music on any other platform just because... I just don't think that there's any point at this, this moment in time. But the song um, that I put out last year was called Sidecaller. Um, Sidecaller, two words. Um, yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of got some pretty stuff in, but it's kind of, I guess, overtaken with this like m- massive, chunky, distorted um, bass sound. But yeah, I, I actually wanted to put this on an EP, which I'm trying to put out this year. But for some reason at the time, I didn't think it was right. But then I uploaded it to SoundCloud and people started listening to it. And then either you put it, which is really random that they did this, but they put it on, they did that TRE top 10 thing and it was number one on there. And I was just like, why is that number one? Like it's hot. I know it's not horrible, but I just like, it's so aggressive that it was just a weird thing for them to do. But anyway, it's called Psycholer. Thank you. 
This is the Garden of Sound interview with Josh Holmes, a.k.a. Junus Orca, on Plains FM 96.9 and so many other things. We've just heard side caller, uh, a slight wall of excitement from the man from Maidstone. Um, you talked <laughs> no, about, no one said of the man from Maidstone in ages. <laughs> you talked about um, wanting to get more of uh, Junus Orca out there and, and so on, and I imagine you've did... Uh, uh, debut EP for for your Indigo, and you just just played a festival last weekend, and so on. What else? What's what does one desire uh, in the future? Um, do you want to get out sort of around the country more? Do you want to get overseas? Do you, do you want to make it to the UK? <laughs> um, yeah, I think we definitely we need to. I want well, I want to play a lot more shows and tour more. Well, I was doing that a few years ago, but it just you know everything gets busy and you kind of just stop doing that. So. Yeah, I think definitely playing a lot more shows and it would be good to, especially with my own music, to go to Europe and stuff like that because I think the sort of music I make personally isn't necessarily viable here, so it would be good to play shows um, Not elsewhere. even at some of the more eclectic festivals? Yeah, I think yeah, I think maybe. I think it would even... I mean, I don't want to sound like I'm making the weirdest music ever because there's probably way weirder music out mm. there than that. But yeah, I think that... I, I don't necessarily think it gives people in those settings what they want, but there, I think there is places that I could definitely play. But I mean, if Germany came up, then I'd be like, "Let's go to Germany." You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. What's the most diverse place you've played? Have mm. you done any art galleries? I haven't done. Oh, actually, we did. Um, well, I when I was doing that project, Other Sun, they, there's, there's a gallery in Dunedin just called Nun Gallery, which is kind of like this live-in art studio um, where, like, quite a lot of I think musicians live. That was weird, but Did it was it cooler. Feel like a natural home for the stuff that you were you were doing, or was it? I don't think the music I was making at the time was weird enough for it. Now I think like now, if I went back and did did that, that'd be like, oh yeah, this is cool. There wasn't actually that many people there, but um, yeah, you think the people were being like, oh hey, this is cool. But I think that if I went back and did you know the music I make now, it would sort of I think that it'd be much more fitting in in that environment. Um, but yeah, aside from that, I mean, when I was in that pop punk band years ago we played a lot of shows like all the time we supported that artist example once where our music isn't like example and like all these people were there to see example when we were just this pop punk band playing and it was it was pretty weird because there was like a thousand people there like standing there watching us and it's just like this weird thing where he's like this is great because we're playing a massive show but these people are just yeah we also did that i don't know if you've heard of her but it's a well crush her she's actually from hong kong but um she played at the silver scrolls a couple of years ago um they do that thing where they like cover an artist covers another one of the finalist songs and she got asked to cover she has a project called French Concession and she got asked to cover um, one of their songs and she asked me to play guitar for her and that was a weird show because it was at Spark and that's a relatively sized venue obviously people were sitting down on tables it wasn't like a you know that kind of yeah that kind of gig which was really weird because it was just like you couldn't in that setting you just can't see anything because I've never played with lights that are that strong in my face and you just you was on a stage playing to people, but you can't see the people, and you're just in your own world. It's just it was just, it was a pretty weird thing to do. Weird, good, weird, bad. I think it was weird, good. Um, yeah, we had it was it's just such a weird thing. Like we had like um, this other French concession usually plays on her own, and she was just I can't play on an arena stage by myself just doing my electronic music. So she asked me to go in, and then we not hadn't met her before, but the bass player from Tiny Ruins played in that band that we were in at the just for that one night as well. I think she's called Cass. Yeah, Cass. Um, yeah, and we just met her on the morning of the, the sound check because we sound checked in the morning and then played in the evening. So we went through the song like three or four times and then we're just like, okay, here you go. Now you're on. 
up you go. And we played and it was great. And it's on the internet now for everyone to enjoy. We will have to check it out. Last question. Any desire to do more of the, the live band thing? Uh, maybe in addition to or alongside the electronica stuff? I think if I did do that, it would end up being quite thrashy. Um, as I think all the pretty guitar stuff I do goes into your indigo, but I think that it would just be kind of like raw and garagey if I did do that. And some of the songs that I've written like that, which they're just for my own satisfaction when I pick up one of these guitars in here. Um, yeah, I don't really, I mean, I do know drummers and stuff, but they're all so busy. Drummers, are, as you said, drummers, are, is it drummers you said a few and five? bassists. Yeah, drummers and bassists. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to have, I don't know if I could find people. Now everyone's just so busy, but yeah, I've thought about it a couple of times. I've been like, beg, beg Ryan Fisherman, be like, Ryan, please play drums for me. Yeah. He's a great drummer. Yeah. Do you know that he's plays drums? Yeah, he's an yes. amazing, he's an amazing drummer. Yeah. Josh, thanks so much. It's been wonderful talking to you Thank and you, finding Ian. out all about your experiences. We do have time for one more track. I think it would only be fitting uh, to hear something from your Indigo now. Debut EP went out on 6th of December. Mm-hmm. Uh, have we got uh, something off that that you'd like to play? Yep. This is my favourite. Well, I have two favourite songs on the, on the EP, but I'm going to play um, Walk to Sky, which is the third song and the quietest one on it. It's my favourite one. This is my favourite song we've done. I think it's a great song. <laughs> Is in within time. 
Thanks for being here today. My guest was Josh Holmes, better known as Junus Orca, and that man and back of your indigo. Head along to gardenofsound.nz and click on Josh's picture on the front page to find out more about what he's up to. You can also hear a bespoke Spotify playlist of all the songs and artists we talked about today. Right, that's Garden of Sound for another week. Love to have you back next Friday. In the meantime, keep well, keep listening, and keep playing. Hi, Reda.